0: Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app as the season approaches. On the go and in the palm of your hand, the official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts, and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today.
1: What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm Jackson Filio, joined as always by Zach Rosen and Chris Gehring of WashingtonWizards.com. And guys, we're in the middle of an up and down week for the Wizards. A lot of good news, a lot of bad news. Um, And just recapping a bit, kind of going back to this weekend, the team obviously learned that Thomas Bryant would miss the remainder of the season with a partially torn ACL. Russell Westbrook would miss about a week with some left quad soreness. Then the team earns a big win over Phoenix, 20 plus points and a really, really good showing from a lot of guys. Just then the following morning to learn that two guys were put into health and safety protocols uh, and and practice was canceled as the team parsed through and and figured out some of the details on that end. And we're recording this now on late Tuesday afternoon. So I'm, I'm sure there will be more news to come of that if any of this is out of date we apologize we can only really work with the information we have but guys let's let's kind of start from the top we'll go back and and talk about TB a little bit it's it's terrible news it sucks especially for a guy that had clearly worked so hard to uh, get to the point that he was at Um, we've been really really high in our praise of him over the last couple podcasts and it was fun to watch him come into his own we'll get into what the wizards are losing on the court, but we've obviously spent a lot of time around Thomas the last couple of years. Just what were your guys' first thoughts? And Rosen, we can start with you when, when we, when we got the news and realized what it meant, I guess, for him specifically.
0: I think he's just a player that we've seen really grow up in front of our own eyes, not only on the court, but off the court. He's matured tremendously um, as a person and He's worked so hard to, you know, to be where he is, especially this past off season. I mean, I don't think he took a day off from training. He was working out in LA every day, and it's just you feel for him. It's it's a it's a bummer. Um, it's a setback for him, but I, I do feel that he's young enough and he has so much of his game to still grow that like he's gonna bounce back and be okay. Um, I think you know maybe for the first time in a long time the Wizards have really good depth at center this season. Um, and I think, you know, considering he's by far, you know, their best option, there's a reason he was the clear starter even before free agency draft talk and all that, it, it's a bummer. I mean, he was about to have a career season, he was already putting up great numbers. And um, the initial reaction was just I, I felt for him because just knowing him and how hard he works, it it's just tough. And I feel like he knew what happened when he got hurt on the floor um you know we were all at the game and the way he reacted it was just you kind of just assumed the worst so it's disappointing for him for the team but um I'm very optimistic about his future still um and I think the Wizards showed you know last night against the Suns that they'll be able to 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 do it by committee maybe not as well especially on the offensive end but they're going to figure it out um down the stretch here
2: yeah no doubt I think I think last night against Phoenix was very encouraging as for the future of this season and and how the wizards piece it together from there. But yeah, there was a reason I think that when we talked to Chris Miller preseason, that everyone was so high on Thomas Bryant. And I think it's because you hear a lot about guys working hard in the off season and doing this or that to improve one part of their game or like, you know, so-and-so has added this to their game. Um, I think from all accounts, and not just like what you see from the workouts on Instagram, Thomas's effort this offseason matched, I would say, pretty much anybody in the league. Like, he just knew that this was a massive year for him, that he was going to be counted on quite a bit um, to take on more than a role player role. And I think seeing that he did exactly that that he built off the bubble momentum and that he was ready to do even more for this team. Uh, It just makes it, it makes it very, very disappointing then when obviously that gets taken away from him. It was just an opportunity that he knew he had and that he was 100% ready for. And when you, when you see that get upended too soon, so it's, it's just, it's really a bummer. It's tough. Um, But I think he, like you said, Rosen, he's, he's so much more mature. He's grown so much as a player that he's going to handle this perfectly fine. He, he has the effort, he has the drive. Um, all that stuff is internal for him. And from that perspective, nothing's going to change. Now he's just going to direct it towards this recovery towards coming back strong towards being ready when, when it's time to be ready. And, you know, because of that, I, I have no doubt that he's, that he's going to be ready and he'll he'll come back into this
1: team just as just as he came into the season when when the time comes yeah and it gets said a lot these days but the medical advancements that we've seen especially for top end athletes over the last 10 or so years are pretty remarkable whether it's ACLs or um, Achilles injuries there's there's guys that, that come back like those things never happened you, you look most recently at at, at Kevin Durant and you know John Wall. And there's guys that, you know, it, it, it's like they never missed a beat. And um, you obviously hope that, um, you obviously hope the same for, for TB and, and time will tell, but there's there's plenty of reason for optimism, especially with a guy as, as young as he is, that that he'll be back. Um, and from an on-court perspective, we all kind of got our first look at that, Chris, you mentioned it, the, the Phoenix game and, Scott Brooks after that game and maybe before as well really just honed in on the fact that it was going to be a by committee replacement of Thomas Bryant. Some of that is going to be Robin Lopez. Some of that is going to be Mo Wagner. Some of it is going to be Rui. Um, In in terms of replacing him, I, I, I think you can't look at it as one guy. It really is the collective. And when you combine what those two guys did both offensively scored around 20 points combined and, held DeAndre Ayton in check. That's, that's what you're looking for. Um, so, you know, time will tell, and it, those things can be hard to sustain. And that's what makes a great player. Great. Is that, you know, one guy doing it over a long period of time, but, um, the early returns at least, at least are good. And the Wizards are going to be tested coming up soon. There's a lot of good bigs coming down the pike on the schedule. Rudy Gobert for the jazz, um, you know, a, a double header against Cleveland coming up, um, So we're going to figure out quickly what what the Wizards have uh, at their disposal with Bryant missing. Um, And then obviously we mentioned it a little bit, but the other injury news is Russell Westbrook is expected to miss about a week left quad soreness. Um, It was noted that it's been something hampering him kind of all season long. It happened early in the season and it just continued to get hit. and, And the soreness became a little bit too much to, to be able to operate at hundred percent. And, you know, we've seen on and off this team play with Russ, without Russ, he's sitting on the back end of back to backs. Um, But I I think the Phoenix game again is is a good indication that this team is is ready to roll with whoever is on the court, right? Yeah, you've seen Neto
0: sub in for Russ really well. Um, And like, honestly, very impressively, I think we were all surprised with how well he's excelled and now it's just like you kind of expect it out of him. Um, The way he's able to space the floor, just because he, I think he's a a little bit more of a threat from the perimeter to Russ and um, along with Bradley Beal, you know, that helps your spacing a little bit. And I know the wizards were improving their spacing with Russ, Russ and Brad together. And um, most importantly, Russ just needs to get healthy. Like if he's been dealing with this all regular season, there's a, (laughs) there's reasons we haven't seen him attack as much as he has we you know we haven't seen him have as many crazy games as he did in the beginning of the season so um optimistic because I think the team can fill in I think this is a really deep team um it might be young but it you know there's a lot of depth so um they're not the only team that's dealing with injuries and protocols and all that so no one's going to feel sorry for them as they always say and I mean as long as Bradley Beal keeps doing what he's been doing they're going to have a chance to win every night
2: no doubt a couple things that that's that have been interesting to me too, along with Neto, who has been a revelation. I mean, he, he has so much poise on the defensive end. He's just a pest. Like he's just very difficult to play against no matter how, how much of a size advantage you have, no matter what, like he's, he's annoying to have defend you. And, and that gets to guys for sure. Um, there's a lot of, I think there are a lot of times in the NBA where for good reason you know defensive concepts are not necessarily like up in your face like you know hands up in your face defense and and I think Neto brings that regardless and he he can really really um, disrupt other players and that's that's something that's going to only help the Wizards as they need to create turnovers they need to create chances to get out on the break and play fast and and be disruptive, that's what happens, especially when, you, when you're when you down guys. When you're down guys who are single-handedly creators like Russ, guys like Thomas Bryant, you have to play as a team. You have to disrupt your opponent, and you have to get out and run. And Neto helps the Wizards do all those things. And then I think that Ish Smith has really found a little bit of what we saw from him last year. I think um, he and Davis have, have really stepped up. And I know, you know, on some of these home games, we've watched both of them come out for pretty extensive post-game shooting sessions, workout sessions, just trying to get right and find their rhythm. And I think we've seen it pay off for both of them pretty quickly. And it's, it's that, those are the kind of things that they help a young team that's veteran leadership on one hand, just saying like, I have to get better. I have to go out and do this. And then the fact that it's, it's kind of been proven, they've kind of backed it up in the following games, just coming out and being sharper. Davis Bertans was nuclear in the second quarter against Phoenix. And that, you know, the game ended at that point when he, when he gets that hot and the wizards go up by that much, especially against a team like Phoenix, they're on a long road trip. They're a long way from home. That just, that can get you wins early and, and, and that, has a great trickle down effect when you're already hurt and you're trying to get guys rest. And there's just so many factors that come from, I think those two kind of finding themselves early and, and playing
1: a little bit better, giving the Wizards more options. Yeah. I, I think diving into that Phoenix game a little bit more, something we should do. Cause it was, uh, it, I mean, it was, a, it was a staple win. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the highlight of, of the team season so far. And that means a lot when you've beaten a really good Brooklyn Nets team already. And the Wizards would certainly like to have more wins than they do at the moment, but you know, at, at some point in the season, we're going to look back on the start of the season, and it's just going to be at what be about what you learned and what you took from that time. And last night was one of those moments where, um, you look around and like, there's a lot of positives. There's a lot to to pull from this, and you know, you get a, another outstanding Brad performance. Chris, you mentioned Davis Bertans. Robin Lopez was was really really good, and it was the best defensive performance of the season. It felt like, um, and Scott Brooks noted as much after the game. And it was, it really was a complete game for as much as that second quarter kind of stole the show. I think it was a 37 to 10 run or something like that. The Wizards end up up by 30 before we even get to halftime. So like that, that run is going to steal the show, but they didn't, they didn't let off. Um, And those are the start to finish performances that we've wanted to see all year. And, you know, the pieces are starting to fall into place and you're starting to see some more complete games. And I think that's promising.
0: Yeah, just Robin Lopez, these are some numbers I pulled from from last night's game. He held DeAndre Aiden to one of seven shooting, which, if you know, the first half. The Wizards were unbelievable in the paint defending the Suns. Mm-hmm. Then he had seven offensive rebounds, seven box outs, six screen assists, and contested 15 shots. I mean, like, what else do you want from a guy who just jumps in? Uh, you know, I don't know if Robin started a game in a few years and just – you know, dominates. I mean, I, outside of Brad, he was probably the best player in the game. So, um, you know, no offense to Devin Booker or anyone on the Suns, but since they were down so many points, it was hard to to say that. Um, But it was impressive. Robin was great. And if he can keep performing like that, I, I think the wizards will, will feel good.
2: Yeah, no question about it. It was, it was exactly what the wizards needed in a lot of ways. And he talked about it post game, just being like, he's, he's a veteran that, very exactly understands his role and and what the team needs out of him. And you can just see him focusing on all the right things. He was a beast in the paint. He was difficult to score on even for DeAndre Aiden. who's a big guy himself, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really good to see. And it, and it has a trickle down effect too. I mean, how many balls did he like bat back out? How many offensive rebounds that he held? How many possessions did he keep alive that just, those are those are daggers when you're trying to come back on the road. Like, if you're getting if you're getting offensive rebounds, just and possessions just are not ending. It it can break a team's will a lot quicker, and I think that's what we saw from Phoenix. It just it was it just was not happening for them no matter what. They weren't hitting shots. They were getting out rebounded, um, and those are the kind of
1: things that that get you those those big statement wins. And then lastly. I think we kind of, you don't want to take it for granted, but we see it so consistently from this guy every single night, night in and night out. But what Brad continues to do to start this year is frankly just absurd. Another 34 points last night against Phoenix nears a triple double. He's averaging 34.9 points in his first 10 games. That's only something that's been done by two guys named Michael Jordan and James Harden in the last couple of decades. And I I, I mean, I mentioned the full stat line, a near triple double. It's not even just the scoring at this point Um, in his 60 point game earlier in the season. There were seven rebounds and five assists or um, maybe it was five rebounds, seven assists, whatever it was. But like he's doing absolutely everything. He's doing it efficiently. He's doing it consistently. Um, And it's remarkable. It's really, really remarkable. We left last season wondering if the guy could improve and somehow he did. Somehow he's gotten better, and, and Brooks talked about that a little bit earlier in the week, and he seems just as astounded by it as, as anybody. Um, it, it's, it's truly remarkable how how well Bradley Beal is playing. I mean,
0: yeah. The, first of all, the margin he leads at the NBA in scoring this year is ridiculous, and he did miss one game, and he still leads the NBA in points, scored um, total points. I know, you know, he he'd rather have a win than any of these points and stuff. Um, but I, I do feel like since the Wizards are playing better, you know, three and three in 2021, things are going better. And I think he's going to start to get that recognition. Like as long as he if he's averaging 30 to 35 points a game, the Wizards are within, you know, five games of 500 down, the, you know, in in a place to, to be in the playing game or make the playoffs outright he's going to get a lot of conversation for like big time awards. Like imagine if the wizards turn this around. I mean, is there a player in the league more important to his team right now? Like regardless of record, I, I think there's a few, and I think he's on that list of maybe five, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Just the level, like every year, I, I don't understand. I mean, certainly since Chris and I have been here in the past five to six seasons, it's like, really unbelievable like i i don't really have any other words to describe the way he's improved his game outside of i just think he became like literally the ultimate scorer yeah like i don't know if there's anyone in the league right now cuz james harden doesn't shoot from mid-range so like is there anyone else in the league that shoots from every spot on the floor in the half court like he does
2: yeah you you watched i mean a game like last night but he's like you said like you said he's been doing it all year he really can get a bucket on you any way you want him to. Whatever you want him not to do, he'll find another way. And I mean, just the create the creativity around the rim that he's developed over the years. Um, obviously, we know he's a good athlete, but I mean, just the craftiness that he has, the high arcing shot that he hit on the baseline over Deandre Ayton last night. Like, these are shots that are ridiculous. And I, I can, I mean, we have a great angle from where we're sitting in the arena right now to see a shot like that, and you know. He has, he's had the swagger for a long time, but I think it's reaching a new level where like, even after that shot, like he turned around and looked at some of the Wizards front office that were sitting on, uh, on the sideline. And you could just tell that he was in a zone that he knew he was in. He's like, it, it's the zone where players reach that it's like, I am unstoppable right now. Like I can beat anybody. I can hit a shot over anybody. I can get past anybody. And he's right. There are guys that think that, that cannot do it. He thinks that right now, and he's 100% correct. We've watched him do it every single night, and you're right. I think if the team continues to play a little bit better, turns things around, gets towards a, a playoff push. I mean, you put, you talk about blind stat lines. You put that stat line in front of somebody, anybody, they would say, yeah, that's that's in the MVP conversation. That's a first team All NBA stat line, and that's not that's not hyperbole. So we'll see how he how he keeps it up, but I mean it's just awesome to watch. And obviously, you know, couldn't ask it, ask for it to come from a better dude, a guy who works so hard, plays hard for his team, uh, you know, is always there to lead these young guys. It's uh it's a great example to have on your team for, for that, that is so young. And, and now right now as currently constructed um, is really looking for both the scoring load and the, and the volume, but also just the leadership night, night in and night out when things are tough and you're, you're
1: figuring it out. No doubt. And you can tell he really relishes excelling in both of those roles and, and is going to continue to do so uh, in, in the coming weeks. But that, guys, is going to do it for us right now. And we're going to go to an interview with Garrison Matthews. All right, Garrison, thanks for joining us, man. It's uh, it's great to have you on. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I appreciate y'all having me. So you've obviously been thrust into the rotation a bit over the last week or so take us through this last week for you as you've kind of stepped back into a more meaningful role with the team
3: uh it's been interesting I mean obviously you know you had had Bill out with the uh the the protocol a few games ago so it, I mean that gives guys opportunities um that no wouldn't normally get opportunities and I was probably one of the, I was one of those guys and so Uh, it's been it's been a crazy week just trying to you know after playing not playing I don't know the first what eight or nine games it's been uh it's uh it it was tough to get my wind there for a minute just because I've been sitting for a while but you know the coaches do a good job of trying to keep you mentally ready and you know physically ready as well I mean they have us working out outside of outside of practice and outside of games you know that the guys that aren't getting much minutes. So that, that was, that was good for me to do just to, uh, you know, mentally stay engaged and also physically, but still, you know, it's not the same as playing five on five. So.
0: Yeah. Did you feel like you were like mentally prepared, you know, when your name was called, like obviously <laughs> playing huff and puff real NBA basketball when you're, you haven't for a while, like, do you feel like you were mentally prepared though to, to, to go right back in and, you know, contribute?
3: Uh, I think so. My my player development coach, Ryan Richmond, has done a great job of, you know, keeping me engaged as in, you know, watching film with me, you know, when when we can and, and putting me through good workouts. And, you know, he I really credit him because if I wanted to get mentally out of it, which I don't, but if I did, he wouldn't let me. And so I'm thankful for that. He, he you know, he, he stayed on my ass, you know, to keep me involved. And, make sure I'm, I'm talking on the bench and doing those kind of things. So that, that was a big help right there. How did
2: you approach, I mean, this, this off season, especially for you is, was incredibly long. And did you feel like you got to kind of attack those points of growth that you had or that the coaches had for you, despite kind of the weird circumstances and, you know, maybe not being able to be in the facility as much, how did you approach you know, a, an important offseason for you, obviously, as a young player in the league, every offseason is a, is a chance to really hone something. Did you feel like you yeah. still got to do that and arrive at camp, you know, having made some of that progress and then being ready to go?
3: Yeah, you know, I did. I had, uh, there was a few things that they were kind of wanting me to improve, obviously, you know, a little bit of ball handling. And I really tried to focus on my on my one-on-one defense this year, just being able to slide and stay in front of guys. Because I mean, you can't so I, I guarded – I played one-on-one with Ian Clark pretty much all summer. I mean, just guarding him and some of the other guys we had in town, what helped my defense so much is, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't ask for better guys to guard, you know, this summer that, that could help me be prepared for this next season – or for this season. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, he's an NBA champion, you know. <laughs> he's tough to guard. Uh, so that – I credit that to help my defense improve um a lot and then just kind of work on my on my ball handling and my trainer we worked a ton on that and so I mean I haven't really that's not really my role anyways ball handling and breaking somebody down you know my role is to play hard and to shoot and stuff like that but you know I can always improve you know handling the ball just in case whenever you know if I need it you know catch and go stuff like that so so that those were the two things that I kind of were trying to focus on as well as shooting obviously during the offseason.
1: In that first week or so of the season, when you're not playing as much, we don't know what Coach Brooks is telling you. But when he's talking to the media, he kept hinting at just stay tuned, wait a little bit. Garrison is coming; he's going to be unleashed at some point. What were your conversations like with him at that time?
3: Uh, he was just, you know, he was just telling me to stay engaged. I me, mean, he he kept telling me, you know, you're doing a good job of working hard and and uh, and and staying engaged. I mean, I tried I tried to treat practices like games whenever we could whenever we did go live and practice I tried to treat treat those like games where I was playing as hard as I can and doing what I can to show that um, I'm ready to go so he was just kind of encouraging me to stay engaged and to to keep working hard and that to not worry about the minutes it's his job to find minutes for me wherever he can and so I tried to uh, I tried to take that advice and not worry about whether I'm on or off the floor but to just always stay ready. You know, so it was it was good to hear that from him. You know, because I, I ultimately I can't control whether I'm on the floor or not, but I can control whether I'm ready or not. So,
0: what's with you in the heat? By the way, like it's just like every I think they're starting to have nightmares about you. Like when the when they play us, they're like, "Man, Garrison Matthews,
3: is he playing tonight?" <laughs> I don't. I mean, I've had a couple weird games against the Heat, but I don't know. It's something where it's just so happens that those were kind of the games that I've gotten real good opportunities to stay on the floor and play. And you know what I mean? So I haven't gotten many opportunities, but it just so happens that the heat's been one of them where I've gotten a good opportunity to stay on the floor.
2: Learning you've learned. I mean, obviously you've gotten to learn from Brad for two years now being on his team. How has adding, adding Russ, how has that kind of helped you continue to grow as a professional? Obviously everybody knows about his work habits and, you know, his leadership style and all that, but how, how has it helped you kind of watching them um, as you come into the league? And, and I would add had Burton to that too, obviously people, guys with a couple of guys with quick triggers that have been able to really change games in the blink of an eye. I mean, obviously that's your strong suit as well. Um, how has working with all those guys kind of helped you shape your game and shape how you want to grow in the NBA?
3: Well, from a leadership standpoint with, with Westbrook, you know, I'm not I'm not a very vocal guy. And Westbrook is very, very vocal. Um, so just kind of learning from him in that aspect of even though he's not playing or he hasn't been playing the past couple of games, you see he, he's coaching up guys on the sideline and he's very, very in tune to the game. It's not like he's just sitting there watching. He's very in tune. So sitting there watching that helps me grow. Um, uh I mean, I'm not in a leadership role, but it helps me kind of for the future of my career to learn kind of how he handles his role as a leader. And, uh, cause I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't just lead by yelling at you, he leads by actions, he leads by, you know, constructive criticism, which everybody needs and not just breaking people down. I mean, he does it the right way. Um, And then you know, Brad, I've I've learned so much about watching him come off screens and guarding him in practice. The way he stops and goes, the way he uses his pace, Um, I'll never be as good as a scorer as him, but just I can take little little things that he does to get open because obviously he's getting double team face guarded all game. So the way he gets open off screens, even the way he's guarded, is something that I can take because you know not many teams let shooters get open or come off screens easy. So learning from from him the way he comes off screens has been huge for me is I've tried to try to watch a little bit of that and it's it's helped tremendously for sure so and even even Davis I can tell he's a lot more vocal this year as well and um he's he's just everybody knows that he can shoot the crap out of it I mean there's (laughs) you know it it feels like every time he shoots it's going up I think the thing that I can learn from him is just the confidence that he has you know he could go for seven but the confidence that he has that the next one's going in is something that I can learn from for sure
1: we talked a little bit earlier about Brad somehow elevating his game a season after averaging 30 points a game and just how, how remarkable that improvement is at his level what have you seen from him behind the scenes between last season and now that are indicators I guess of what's allowed him to somehow take it to another level?
3: Well, the cool thing about him is that he's not out here for personal gain. He's out here to get wins and to make the team better. He's, you can, you can see even just watching, if you're watching the game, whatever, you see how pissed off he is, if he has 50, but we're losing, he's pissed off. And that's, you know, you don't know, a lot of guys are, you know, are cool with having 50, but losing that's, he's not one of those guys. And I respect that about him. He wants, he wants to win. And he's here to compete, and uh, obviously he's a great scorer. But his his number one goal is to win and compete, and that's something I truly respect about him that he, he cares a lot more about winning than his own personal stats. But I mean, obviously, he's his stats are crazy; he's killing everybody. But the way he competes in practice, and the way he's he gets he gets us makes us all better, and the way he's vocal and the way he pushes us all to be tougher and compete it's just it's. Um, it's it's great for us as a team. I mean, obviously we've had a slow start, but you know, he, he's keeping us all engaged and staying honest that we ain't gonna let the slow start, you know, continue throughout the whole the whole season. It's a long season, you know, and uh we're not gonna let this be be uh I guess the uh, the story of our season.
1: All right, Garrison. Well, we'll get you out of here on that one, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today and best of luck as the season progresses and we hope you're able to continue taking advantage of the growing opportunities.
3: Well, I appreciate it, man. Y'all have a going.